Who are you going to call for all your karate needs? Honor Athletics, of course. 770-945-5150. HonorAthletics.com. And hey, guys, don't forget to use the code WILDCATDOJO as you're checking out for your 10% discount. As always, thanks, Honor Athletics. I second that emotion. I second it. <laughs> I probably would not use the word stupid because it's derogatory. This is Wildcat Dojo Conversations. Hi, and welcome to the show. Hi, everybody. That was Sensei Michelle, and I'm Sensei Jackie. Thank you, Sensei Jackie. As usual, I'm too excited to remember to say my own name because we are still with Paul and Lisa. Hi, guys. Hi. Hey, Sensei. I appreciate you spending another hour with us. Great to be here. Great to be here, Sensei. And maybe we should tell the uh, audience that even though the show's 20 minutes, we spend an hour playing around on the recordings. Absolutely. (laughs) But we do have a good time. Yes. So the title of this episode is, If You Tell Me You're Stupid. And that just does not sound PC, right? Right. It reminds me of a little bit like the comedian Ron White when he said, can't fix stupid. Well, if you're not over 18, do not Google Ron White videos. That is like ridiculously true. And I'm reminded of the quote credited to Einstein about judging a fish by his ability to walk and you'll think he's stupid. That's true, too. But we are way ahead of ourselves. First, we have to tell everyone a little bit about Master Collegian and the original saying. No, Sensei. No, Sensei. So I think I'll start with a quick explanation. One of the real truths about karate training is that it is repetitive. Now, Sensei, I haven't listened to every episode, but I have listened to a lot. But I've heard that you mention repetition lots of times. We do. But getting back to the explanation, it's the job of the teacher to attempt to say things over and over without sounding like you're bored repeating yourself. And it's the job of the student to try to hold on to these things and incorporate it into their life. Both of these jobs are 24-7. And let's be honest, Sensei, it's challenging on both parts. And you know what, Lisa? I bet you see that in the school system. It is challenging. It is trying to keep the students interested and trying to keep yourself not to get bored of saying the same thing and giving it out a different way. Also, I think I'm a little ahead of myself in our notes here, but I'm a big advocate of start each day fresh and try not to label a student. And that is one of the biggest problems we run into here and there, isn't it? Yeah, definitely definitely in school. I used to never look at previous records of my students. That was my practice because I wanted to be able to see them how they were in my class. That is so true. But I think it's time to introduce the sentence itself that Master Collegian repeated so many times. Well, at least once to me personally in response to how I was processing his advice. But that could have happened to me many times and I just didn't hear it. (laughs) The saying is this. If you tell me you're stupid, I'll tell you you're stupid. So let's try to figure out what he meant by that. Who wants to go first? You guys want me to go first? Oh, something. Okay, here we go. So if you're working with another person and they are deliberately trying to change their life in some way, but they are holding adamantly on to whatever is not allowing their life to change, then essentially they're telling you that they don't want to make that change. Because they're holding on. They're fighting to keep that change from happening. And I say this later on in the podcast as well. I probably would not use the word stupid because it's derogatory. But I do understand the saying at some point when working with black belt level students, 
if they want to hold on to this thing, I have to wait and let them desire to change before they can change. That's right. That's what I think it means. What do you guys got? I do think they're fighting to hold on to whatever is keeping them back. If we want to stay back, I mean, as long as you're a functioning adult, as long as you can keep your job, pay your bills, not break the laws, you don't have to mature. No. It's not required. So everything else is icing on the cake, right? Uh, Speaking of icing on the cake, who doesn't love that? (laughs) There's a weakness I'll fight to keep. (laughs) But if you are that person, that's their goal. Like my goal is to die with a stronger internal chi line than what I started karate with. Now, one would think that was only a matter of things like punching boards or doing heavy bag work or being courageous, but it's not. Because also a function of chi is patience which is a really soft characteristic and leads to things like being humorous and being benevolent of spirit. And so you're working on both sides of your character in that, correct? That's correct. So if you are that person, and yet there is one little thing that you just aren't ready to let go of yet, then that leads Master Collegian to say that kind of rude sentence. (laughs) I don't know. Maybe maybe I'm off on a beaten path here, but you could have the smartest person, but if they keep on doing silly or dumb things and they don't learn from them and they're still doing dumb and silly things, how smart are they really? You know? Right. That leads us to our fun uh, saying that we have later in the show. If you're going to be dumb, you have to be tough. Right. <laughs> exactly. But I am ahead of myself. Going back to karate as an example, as the years pass and the relationship between the two people really becomes deeper, it does get more challenging. And at this point, The onus is on the person. If they want to change, they know the way to change is to address that thing that's holding you back from change, whatever that thing is. Right, guys? It is. But Sensei, don't you think that sometimes they need a person with whom to talk to address that weakness, that problem that they're having? And that is where the relationship, the deeper relationship with their Sensei or a good friend is challenging, but worthwhile. 100% agree with you. But there has to be this unbelievable trust. Once I read the relationship between the karate sensei and the karate student is based on trust from the student towards the sensei that the teacher's actions were purely for the growth of the student. And the teacher's job was to try to be that thing that they were attempting to teach a better, stronger, a more mature martial artist as the years continued to pass. And that created that trust relationship. And again, I'm ahead of myself because things that we're going to touch on are like the human factor. We mess up. That's what we do, right? All right. Let me get back on track here. I want to go to teaching styles and to this simple story that Master Collegian and I used to have a running joke about. Here's the story. When Master Collegian would meet a new student and they were going to fight for the first time sparring, which for the audience is not knockout karate. It's just tag. It's a game of tag, wearing boxing gloves. (laughs) And he would tell me that he would hit the person in the head and then tell them to put their hands up. And I would say to him, that's funny, sensei, because I always, when I meet a person for the first time, tell them to put their hands up and then I hit them in the head and hopefully they block it. And so we came from exactly opposite sides to the same point, didn't we? Uh Yes, And that's a perfect segue to us asking you all to get in touch with us. Are you a teacher? Any kind of teacher. What's your teaching style? Is it more in your face? Is it more roundabout? Let us know. 
at Wildcat Dojo all over the web. And if you add .com, you end up at our website. On Instagram, we're Wildcat Dojo Conversations. And you can email old school style at dojo conversations at AOL. But back to today's subject. I'm not crazy for the word stupid in this sentence. What word would you put in its place, guys? Stuck, maybe. Um, Stuck is good. Stubborn. Stubborn is good. I like hard-headed. Yes. Paul, you got any input here? (laughs) (laughs) It's a hard question. That's why he... You can see Master Collegian's style in the sentence, can you? It doesn't have the same ring to it if you say, if you tell me you're stubborn, I'll tell you you're stubborn. Correct? Yeah. Oh, sensor. You know, if you read Master Collegian's book, 365 Days of the Warrior, you can hear in his tone that being politically correct was never very important to him. In fact, many might say he loved creating chaos and then seeing how people handled it. Yeah, many might. (laughs) (laughs) If you're interested in searching out that book, 365 Days of the Warrior, you can find it at Amazon, but you can also find it at our favorite seller, Thrift Books. I searched it the other day, and there were a few copies of that title on Thrift Books. Sensei, did you know that one of your books is on Thrift Books, or at least it was the other day when I searched? The book Teaching Children Karate and More was there. I did not know that. Thanks, Jack. And your self-defense book is available for download on the Kindle app. I have it. I'm just saying. Oh, thanks for checking that out for me. So if you want to search... You can search by Master Collegian's name, which is Joseph Collegian, K-E-L-L-J-C-H-I-A-N. And I'm Michelle Darbro. Michelle has two L's and Darbro is D-A-R-B-R-O. If you're interested in reading any of our stuff, check it out. And while I'm self-promoting, I do have that self-defense course on Listenable. It's an app and they give you seven free days when you sign up. So please check it out and tell your friends and family to do the same. Thanks, guys. All right, back to it. Let's pick it up by discussing some examples of teaching and learning the ability to adapt, change, grow, and even simply remember all the different facets of just growing and changing in life, but specifically to karate is okay too. Right, guys? I can't hit anybody hard. I'll never be able to do that. Ooh, so she jumped right in with the word can't. Can't. So there is this thing from the very minute I walked into a dojo, and if any of you have ever been, it's like they have the word can't in one of those circles that's red with a line through it because we're not allowed to use the word can't. So sometimes we make the joke, we can't use the word can't. And to my little children, I say, instead of saying can't, will you say, I'll try, sensei, I'll try. But that is a big holdback, right, guys? The word can't? Definitely. I I also wonder if adults are truly more worried than children about failing in front of others. I, oh, I think so. agree with you there, Paul. Boy, that is a really good point. Yeah. So they won't even attempt things because they don't want to look foolish. Awesome. I'm trying to think if we were going to help somebody to get over that, what tool would we give them to not take? How about that one? Not take yourself so seriously. Awesome. I think that the only way not to take yourself so seriously is to put yourself in that situation over and over. Oh. And the repetition takes away the stigma of silliness. She goes absolutely. back to repetition and back I get silly repetition. right on the spot. No, absolutely. <laughs> That's a fantastic point. 
I was so, thinking about school in my in my class, and this could be anywhere, I guess, even in the dojo or in the regular classroom, is that I used to have a poster that said, mistakes are proof that you're trying. So whenever the kids didn't want to try something I'm, or were afraid of mistakes, it's like, as long as you're trying, then I know you're, you know, you're not afraid and you're going to try your best. We just did a podcast the other day. I don't know who it was on. And we ended with the saying, if you never make any mistakes, you are not living life to its fullest. That's a great. But it's also the point, if you make a mistake, you need to learn from it. And it's so critical that you find out what that mistake really was. So then you can improve on that particular issue, whatever that may be. And don't you think, Paul, that you have to accept the fact that you made a mistake? You know, Sensei, I haven't been as vocal on this podcast as uh, I normally am, but you triggered your mind on this podcast to think. And I work with professionals every day that refuse to learn from their mistakes or they keep on making that same mistake over and over again. Behavior is really difficult to change. So as Sensei Jackie had said, repetition on doing the right thing eliminates the failure piece of it. And when you have people that are not willing to recognize that they are making that same mistake over and over again, it's really challenging in the workplace. You know what I was sitting here thinking as an example, Paul, and tell me what you think. So a person that is under you in HR, I'm not talking about your work. So if I, it turns out to be true, it's not my fault. Okay. I didn't come spy on you. <laughs> okay. And their, their way of speaking to people is brusque and rude. Get this, pick up that, bring me this right away. As opposed to a way of saying that that's a little bit more courteous. Can we go with, sure. you know, could you please have that on my desk in 10 minutes? Cause I'm going to make that phone call or I need that printed before lunch, but I really appreciate how hard you're working or something like that. So the second one is so much more conducive to a peaceful workplace, if not even an uplifting workplace. But then the first one is the way the person's always done it. So they don't want to change. So I'd say you hit the nail on the head. I mean, pressure before a sparring match or in competition before you have to go in front of hundreds of people to do a kata or the pressure of a work situation just gets so um, just so airtight and you're just trying to remain calm. But sometimes you revert back to behaviors that, you know, that's how they do it. And so they're not going to change. And I'm sure Lisa sees that in um, some administrations within the school system. Oh, it's all over the place. You can see that. <laughs> it's crazy. So, you know, we've seen that a lot in the, in the schools too. Us. Right? Us. But going back to Master Collegian, I want to say that one of the most powerful traits in a person, especially a person in a leadership position, is to be able to say the words, I'm sorry. And that's tricky, isn't it? It's tricky because everyone wants to put the butt afterwards. Exactly. Oh, that's so true. (laughs) So true. And I made a a rule in my head years ago for myself to live by that. If I'm going to say I'm sorry to somebody, I say the words I'm sorry and I don't say any more words. And you can totally imagine how difficult that is, right? Yes. And then I wait 24 hours. If I still really want them to understand 24 hours later, I'm allowed to go back and talk about it more if I feel the need to. But what I want to say, because I started this about Master Collegian, I don't know that I was there the first time he ever said, I'm sorry, as a martial arts teacher to a student, but I know it was the first time I'd ever seen it. 
And we had already known each other for 25 years at the time. So I watched him move from this really hardcore, my way or the highway kind of guy that never, ever did to a man who had a much more 360 degree view of the world and his place in the world. And I remember the moment so well because the student was so shocked that they were literally speechless. They just sat there. They didn't know what to say. And he said, are you broken? <laughs> and I said, no, I just, I don't know what to say. Yes. <laughs> That's funny, isn't it? Yes. Another area where I think you can really get messed up from a teacher trying to help a student, but yet the help isn't getting through is when the student connotates the word differently than the teacher when the student hears a different word in the place of the word you're saying. Master Collegia and I used to have a, another, one of our many millions of ongoing things, because for many years, we did not exactly connotate the word love the same way. And he would want me to say, you love that, right, Michelle? And I would say, not exactly, because in my mind, love had a deeper meaning than it did in, to him in that situation. So you can see how that could happen with all kinds of words, especially complicated words and emotional words. Oh, good one. In, in your workplace, Paul, have you ever seen it where an employee, you said one word, but they heard another word? Since I work at a law firm, it happens all the time. <laughs> they take you know lawyers off a synonymous of replacing words that you say with their own interpretations of it. Absolutely. And you're like, no, 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 I didn't mean that, you know, but it is what it is sometimes. This is a complicated subject, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. I'm just thinking. If and I'm it's processing. a hot button subject. Yes. It makes you think. I can't believe how much we've already been over. I wonder if we've overwhelmed our audience. I hope not. But I, I would be remiss if I didn't at least touch on two poisonous situations. And I take that word poisonous. Hey, it's an example of a word that can be taken wrong. Oh, yes. See how yes, I look there definitely. before us? Uh, I'm doing a little snake dance on my own. <laughs> I take that word poison from the seven poisons of Kendo, and I've already made a little note that we should do a podcast on that one day. Oh, yes. But going back to it, I need to touch on two poisonous student-teacher relationships. One is when the teacher does have a secondary agenda. Ah, oh, that's got to be one of my pet peeves. Like they want to be the best teacher in the school, so they want to appear to be the best teacher in the school, so they get rid of any students that don't fit their view, for example. That's right. right. That's right. When I first started having a lot of co-teachers in my dojo, Lisa, I had to sit down with them right away and say, the person in this room who's the hardest to teach, that's the person who needs us the most. That's true in the classroom too. Yeah. It's tricky, right? And sadly, Paul, I bet that's true in your business as well. The person who's it's the hardest to get through to them is the person who will gain the most if you finally do get through to them. Yeah. You know, I'll give you an example since we do a mass communication to everybody that says coming in late is not acceptable. Meanwhile, there's only one particular person that's been late all the time. So you send out that message to everybody and the people that are coming in early every day are getting that wrong message. So I, I hear you. Yeah, that is so true. And just to go back to Master Collegian again, because, you know, he is my biggest karate influence where when I'm doing corrections in the dojo, I just say the correction out to everybody who's moving in the room, he used to pick the person's name out. Oh, yes. And mm -hmm. say it to them so that they and they alone would say, fix your Zen Kuzadachi or lower your stance or breathe harder or whatever it was. And 
if I'm going to have that conversation one-on-one with someone, I try really hard to do it privately, although sometimes I do fail. So it's not in my agenda to embarrass somebody publicly if I can find another way, right? Uh, But there's an onus on the practitioner as well, because what about another one of the poisons is the student who twists the teacher's word for their own personal agenda. (laughs) Yes. Right? Because we have a lot of those kind of things too, and and the same in the workplace, right, Paul? I like your point, though, reprimand in private. That's the, you know, you never want to call out somebody in the mass public. Not if you can find another way. At least that's what I think. Unless you want that person to leave. In in which case. Yeah, that's a great point. Yeah, great point. Great point. So both of those are perfect examples where when a process that should work really well gets, I don't want to say screwed up. So let's say (laughs) it gets off track. Oh, I like it. How's that? Happy to see of you. Very good. Okay, we got to try to finish this up with a little bit of lightheartedness because it's a heavy-duty subject, it turns out. Yes. I was searching around for different sayings that mean the same thing as what Master Collegians said. So Master Collegians was, if you tell me you're stupid, I'll tell you you're stupid. So who wants to try to come up with another one? What do you got, Paul? Well, my mom used to say, if I told you once, I've told you a thousand times. And she used to add a couple other words to that, Sensei, but I'll leave it at that. (laughs) I love that. I love moms. They're wonderful. They do not get enough credit. Okay, what are you going to go with, Lisa? Uh, What about in Forrest Gump? Forrest Gump movie where he says, stupid is as stupid does. I I love that saying. Also a good movie. Excellent. Fantastic movie. movie. Shrimp gumbo. And I'm going to go with one of my brother's favorite sayings. It goes like this. If you're going to be dumb, you have to be tough. Oh, that is a good one. That's wow. a good one. That's a good one. And and my favorite one is one that you actually use in the dojo, Sensei. Fight for your weaknesses and you could surely keep them. And I believe that's attributed to a really smart person who came way before us. So if you're out there and you know who that is, give us a holler back because I did not search out who that was for this podcast. All right? Yes. So is there a takeaway here? I think don't take yourself so seriously and you can learn from yourself. Cool. I like that. What do you got, Paul? Repetition is gold. Oh. And and I think something as silly as enjoy the ride. Oh, I like that. Nice one. Okay. Should we sign it off? I think so. I'm so glad you stayed, Lisa and Paul. Thank you so much for doing this for us today. Oh, no problem. Uh, love it, Sensei. Thank you. All right, Sensei Jackie, since we have no Landon, uh, we didn't even mention it. We have no Landon for the second day in a row. Wah, wah. We, we miss, miss Landon. <laughs> I know. We miss him, right? Yes. yes. He would have had a lot of good additions to this one, I bet. And a different perspective. Yes. Because he's actually a student in school. And he's a fraction of our age. See how I went there? <laughs> I was very good. Very politically correct. Yeah. Yes. Thank nice you. Nice way to play in that. <laughs> the denominator just gets bigger all the time. All right, together we're going to do it. Okay. And on that note, we're signing Signing off. off. Thanks for being here. Hope you join us again next week on Wildcat Dojo Conversations.